following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Football is back. Training camp is officially underway in Oxnard, California. We've got a very special edition of Hanging with the Boys. And I could already tell the moment I walked into this podcast studio, it was going to be an incredible time. We've got Smell Jim- like shade butter in here. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian silky. Don't, don't take it from me, Jay. <laughs> I got an eight mile. Listen, I have to yeah, eight Jay, mile. Yeah. I got to no, know. We got to eight mile ourselves first yeah. before heck can get on us. You know, Absolutely. if you eight mile yourself first, you good. You good. So, so I got it. I got it out of the way. So you can't get it. Right off the bat, Jesse Holly, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison. I'm Danny Strack. This is hanging with the boys, and later on we'll have a live report out from practice, uh, from training camp uh, with Nate Newton. So stick around for that. Guys, first practice today, I mean, it's it's no pads. It's more like, you know, the OTAs kind of walking through. But, man, it feels good that we're going to see the whole team out there first practice leading into the season. It's like Christmas in July, right? We lo- we wait it's for this every moment. every holiday right now. We wait for this moment for it to to come. And, you know, you hear all the stories. You go through the draft, the OTAs, the mini camps. This guy's putting his video out. This person's putting their video out. And all these things are happening. Cowboys putting content out on the website. And now we're here. So all of the hoopla, all of the talk, all of that stuff, now it's time to put up a shut up. And this is the part that gets me super excited. Yeah, it's officially doing it for the gram is over. Yes. Doing it, doing it for the gram is over. Yeah. Now all the work that guys have been putting in this offseason, um, it's time to show up and, you know, show out. Um, obviously, it's countdown to preseason games. Um, it's been a while since guys have been in position to actually put up and, and actually show what they can do, um, especially these guys that are kind of on the edge, on a bubble, looking for those opportunities. It's time for them to go. Man, where's the mixtape coming out, brother? Oh, <laughs> here you go. Here you go. Come on, man. Y'all came in the studio. Let's y'all. switch seats, brother. No. We can break this side up. No. <laughs> no, look at y'all. They got y'all the same side. It's, I love it. Thank you, We both you, got Scott. arm sets in this morning well, before we came today. Come on, dog. Y'all yeah, did that yeah. together, for yeah. real. Yeah, we spotted no, each other. I love it, yeah. man. It's, you know, everything is getting started. Like you said, man, it's, it's uh, Christmas in July. You know, it's good to see the Cowboys back working. You know, the expectations are not lofty at all for this team. They got they got a bunch, you know, and it looks like with the NFC East, they have they're in prime position to to do some great things if they can get through training camp healthy. healthy. That's the that's the number one thing. And and the depth and health is what's what this training camp is should be all about. Especially for this team, all those injuries they had last year. Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, head coach Mike McCarthy had an hour-long opening press conference yesterday. And I feel like they only skimmed the surface on so many different topics. But just right off the bat, that first press conference, what stood out to you? I'll let Isaiah go. Because I, I, I can't get in trouble in July, I have to I have to save my visit to the principal's office <laughs> at least until October. No, I know for me, I mean, obviously, you know, Jerry loves fans. 
He loves the people, right? That's, 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 he's been that way since he stepped foot um, here in, in, in Dallas. And I, I think that if anything stood out, it was his excitement for getting back to Oxnard. It was no, um, it was it was no secret by any means. Um, and he was he he showed it um, that when when he actually started talking about. You know, being there on site, you know, the access that he's given, you know, to obviously hard knocks and uh, having fans on site again and just being there in the midst of that, um, you know, we, we've been to Oxnard yeah. and, and talking about, you know, talking about the facilities and how it's just he's just he's amped. He's, he's hyped. He's ready to go. Um, and I think everything that's surrounding this has been a that's a long year and a half, two years for for, for Mr. Jones you know, to not have people around him in that regard. And I think he's just hyped to show off all his new toys. Yeah, I was really excited to hear some of his stories, talking about back in the day with Jimmy and all of that. I mean, I'm from Dallas, so you think about when he purchased the team and how it divided the city, came and fired Tex Ram, you know, Tom Landry, all of those things, and he was accumulating enemies quicker than he possibly yeah. could. And now the success that he's had has basically driven this franchise forward. And just to hear those stories, again, things that we didn't have a 30 for 30 or deep blue on things like that back in the day. So hearing him talk about that era, and then hearing him talk about Barry and Jimmy and, and I, for me as a Cowboy fan obviously the nostalgia around all of that because these are legendary conversations this isn't I was mm -hmm. talking to a nobody he's talking about guys that are Hall of Famers yep. Yeah, and, it, and Jerry told that story about how right after he let Jimmy go and he brought Barry Switzer in and Barry yeah. shows up to his office and the, he keeps just asking, where's Jimmy, where's Jimmy? And Jerry's like, well, what, what do you need to talk to Jimmy for? <laughs> Jimmy's not here. And Barry says to Jerry, I need to know how you guys mess this up. I, I mean, thought she was going to drop it. I thought she was going to drop it. Word. Not, <laughs> you should have dropped it. You should have just said it. I'm not going to the principal's office. I'm not going to be the first one going. <laughs> no, thank you. And then uh, Jerry was saying, you know, he still doesn't know, you know, really how they messed it up, but it does kind of sound a little different than you know the Absolutely. fact that he's talking about Jimmy and he had really high praises for him and of course Jimmy's being inducted into the Hall of Fame in a few short weeks couple days really so that'll be exciting yeah. um, and and Jerry was saying you know they'll probably do something to kind of celebrate him going into the Hall of Fame so that'll be really great too and he was really emotional yeah, there yeah. were multiple times where you started to see the tears start yeah. to come out and I think it was just come on Jeff Jesse, right, so, Jesse, Jesse. So we bought the tears, right? Yep. It, it, you bought the tears, Danny? Did you buy I, the tears? I, I bought the tears in the part where he was saying when he was at home last year, not knowing if he was going to find himself in Oxnard again talking in front of the media. I, I believe that. Like, he, you've said it before. Like, he loves this whole atmosphere and the vibes of it all and talking to the media and having the intention, I think, not having that last year yeah. and, and not – Jerry, you still, still be respectful. Right? You don't know how many years anyone has. And I no, think you being don't. at home, I think that those are the tears I believed yeah. of like he didn't know he was going to be here yeah. this year. And he was excited about that. First of all, Jerry's going to outlive all of us. Let's he make is. that clear. <laughs> He's going to outlive all of us. He 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 has he made access. a deal. He got access. He got access. <laughs> he got access to the to the higher to the higher courts. But to me, and this is just for me, I think. Jerry is the best salesman slash showman that we have in all of sports. There is no one on the face of this earth when it comes to putting on a show and to selling something that does it better in the world of sports than Mr. Jerry Jones. Period. Period. Then you add into the mix, being back in Oxnard, I have to begin to sell this product again. I have to – right, people are excited about the Cowboys are going to come out. But, Jerry, he is always closing the deal. 
Yeah. Always. I am always putting on my best closing the deal face. And I just think to me, and I'm not saying that Jerry can't get emotional, but the, the, the often known tears to me throughout that press conference, HBO being there. And let me let me make a bold prediction now. Before the end of training camp, before we get through this hard knock situation, because Jerry was hinting at it, and you have to understand, Jerry only hints at certain things and kind of gives you tidbits about certain things. The old man is very wise. He, he, he never missteps. He never misspeaks. He knows exactly what he's saying. He's planned it out in his head moment, minute, months before he even got to the mic. I would not be shocked if we hear an announcement by the end of training camp that Jimmy's going into the Hall of Fame, to the Ring of Honor this season. And again, because he, you know, it, it comes up and he's like, well, I don't want to. So it's, he's just always able to move the needle emotionally, you know, uh, systematically. That's Jerry Jones. So when I see the tears and how he shuts them on and turns them off and looks deep into the camera and gives the camera that look, I'm just like, I'm like, God, this dude is good. I'm like, this dude is good. And this is why, this is why the Cowboys are, is the most uh, 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 recognizable and the most expensive franchise in all of sports because the dude at the helm, nobody sells it better than him. Yeah, you make a good point. And I thought what was interesting talking about with Jerry and what he was saying and kind of Jimmy and, and the 90s and the, the championship years was Jerry was saying, well, I'm not going to make comparisons, but he kind of was. Because someone had asked him, you know, you're always so optimistic. Like, why do you think this is the year that you guys can get back to winning? And Jerry said, you know, well, I'm I'm better. Life is better when I am optimistic. But he did say that Dak Prescott has the character and the leadership qualities that a lot of those players had mm. through those championship years and that he feels like things are starting to click. I mean, do you guys think it's – True, or you know, it could really happen to be you know, they this could be the year, or is he just being optimistic? He said the same Jerry. thing about Roman. I mean, I mean, as as an owner and slash GM, <laughs> I mean, you know, slash everything, you have to be optimistic. Um, when you're when you're the hell, when you're when you're at the head of the Dallas Cowboys, there's nothing but optimism, right? I mean, whether it's um. It doesn't matter what your roster looks like. You know, you're always looking up. I don't care if, you, if you're just supposed to just barely make the playoffs. I don't care if you have a roster that shows that, hey, you guys are supposed to be the best in the league. You're going to look up, especially when you just pay your quarterback. So everything shows, you know, it gives him every reason to be optimistic. Um, I think that this roster is, is solid, right? This roster is solid. We know offensively that things look really good. We know that defensively, we need to see what Quinn brings to the table. Um, I know what he's capable of just from my history with him, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he puts these pieces together. So we know that the roster is there, but we've seen many times before in every sport teams that look great on paper but don't show up on the field. So we have to see exactly how this goes down, but he has every reason to be optimistic and to be hopeful, um, You know, not only just because of the franchise, but also he's getting older. He's getting older, right? And that's the reality of it, right? People get older, um, which is why you know his son kind of sits – Kind of says, you know, at least at least one arm length away from him now because he's 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 next man up. So Jerry wants to see this thing come to fruition, um, you know, before Father Tommy ends. I'm not I'm not mad at him. Well, when you give your your quarterback the amount of money that he gave his, you bet you got to be optimistic. Absolutely. You you got to be optimistic about a guy that you think is turning the corner in this league to be that apex, that top tier mm -hmm. quarterback. And so many media outlets are talking about where Dak is in the comparison with other. 
quarterbacks in the league, you have to feel like when you give a guy that much money that he's amongst those guys. So gives you a reason to be optimis- op- optimistic. But another thing that I took from the uh, presser was when he talked about Char- Charles Haley mm. and getting players like that. I believe that if I'm Jerry, I'm sick of it answering these questions about yesteryear and trying to get this team going towards the future. So we don't have to continue to talk about it's been 25 years since we've been there. But one thing I take from that is if you need players, you need players like Charles Haley, that's a multifaceted answer because Charles Haley was dynamic not only on the field (laughs) but off the field. And he was the kind of guy that, from what I understand about Charles Haley, that's, look, man, he may have been a you-know-what in the building, but you were happy to have him on on your team. How many of those guys do we have right now? So when you talk about churning this roster, when you're talking about dogs, when you say what's going to get you to the next level, when you talk about Deion Sanders and those types of – well, Coach Sanders, uh, (laughs) you know, guys like that on that level, you have to be reminded – that you don't have, you don't feel like you have that. But does this new draft class have some of those guys on it? Did you get any of that in free agency? Are you going towards that? Because if the championship, this is a results-driven league, do you have that to get the ultimate goal, which is a Lombardi? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, And Mike McCarthy was saying specifically about the defensive rookies and and free agents they brought in. They feel better about the defense this year. They feel... They're, they're stronger, they're longer. Now it's just a matter of can this defense kind of work through the kinks of a new defensive coordinator um, a little bit quicker than last year. And we'll touch on that uh, a little bit. But one last point of the press conference yesterday, which um, you know we, we should for sure bring up and talk about regardless of how people feel or anything like that, is the fact that the Cowboys are expecting to go beyond that 85% threshold of having vaccinations, which is huge for teams because that starts to take away some of those restrictions that they have. Um, and Jerry was saying, you know, they have a handful, like about five who haven't had at least one shot. And the reason, too, I'm bringing this up is uh, within the hour, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network said that the NFL just informed this in a tweet. The NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18 week season in 2021 due to a covid outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss. Wow. So that's huge. So the fact that the Cowboys are, we don't know how close they are, and you know, they're not going to share yeah. names. And that's not anyone's <laughs> business and their own decision. But it is important to note that the Cowboys feel confident they're going to reach that threshold and that Jerry doesn't feel like where they are right now or where they're going to be by the time the season starts is going to hinder them in any way or be any sort of distraction. Hmm. Yeah, and you and you want that, right? You you want the guys to to take care of their business on and off the field. And I know that we've we've talked about it at Lynch at the World of Cooler at the barbershop, or what Michael Irvin said, mm-hmm. you know, about guys being selfish if if you're not doing everything that you can do to avoid having those distractions and those, you know, come on, Jesse. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Mike's my guy, and, yeah. and Mike's. Mike is always going to be about winning, and his his goal is always to win the championship. But again, his mindset is a different mindset from what these younger kids, these younger generation, have, and what they think about. I think Mike never had to deal with this. Like like in his playing time, Mike never had to deal with this type of. None of us have. None of us have. Yeah, and so I, it's it's always funny to me to to have such a matter of fact yeah. 
in a situation where you've never dealt with this. Like you've never dealt with a situation like this because I'm sure, and we've heard tons of stories about the things that Michael used to do off the field that sometimes hindered his team on the field, whether it be suspensions or arrest or things of that nature. So, and I know that he goes to practice and no one works harder than him and his leadership and all that. I know, I get it, I, all, I, all that kind of stuff. But you got to just be careful being so matter of fact with issues like this because everyone is dealing with their own personal situation. Right. At home, with you know how their body may react to it, their personal experience. They may have had some family members who have been affected by the vaccines. They may, you know, so everything is always you can't make it so matter of fact. Yeah. And, and I get Mike can always stand from a place of it, we we always look at Mike and he, that that ultimate leader position. But he had to just be careful about being so matter of fact about things of that nature. And, and I'm, things I'm, are so personal that are, are personal yeah. to to people to individuals. Yeah. But when it comes down to players, when you think about players like you guys, when when you guys were on the team, every rep, every down, everything was important to you. And so what's matter of fact is what Tom Pelissero just came out with. You know, if something were to happen where there's an outbreak and the guys are missing games because of it, I understand. Look, I can't tell anybody what to do with their body, right? right? The social constructs of what's going on, those things speak for themselves. We're talking about feet ball right now. (laughs) Playing ball, all right? And and if we're saying that these things are going to stop you from being able to produce on the football field, that's all I care about. That's all I care about because Look, when I take my kids to school and they tell me, look, they had not had the measles shot, I go to the doctor, give them the measles shot, and take them back to school, right? That's what I do because they have to learn. We're talking about football right now. And so if this is going to impact the results-driven business that we are in in any kind of way, if you are leaning away from that, then that may be something that impacts your football future, all right, and so I know. Look, we're talking about life and death. Absolutely. All right, we're talking about life and death <laughs> as it relates to, to this. But I'm just talking about the nuances of football, how this affects your team, and I think that's where, matter of factly, Michael Irvin was talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to stay out of this one because I'm I have my feelings about about this topic, and I'll get in the principal's office for the most part. I mean, it is it is. I mean, what, what Heckman just said is true, right? Um, what you just said is true. Everybody can have their opinions, right, when it comes to this whole vaccination thing. Um, the league has their stance. Um, the reality is we have a vaccine that's been out for a year, and there's there's there's, a, there's some information, right, but we don't know longstanding things. So yep. guys that stand behind not getting it, I respect them. Guys that decide to get it, I respect them, right? But either way, I think um, and the, and the organization of the NFL has every right within there with being that they, they own the league yeah. uh, to say what's mandated and what's not mandated. That's right. Um, there are consequences to not getting on board with that, right? Whether you agree with those consequences or not, everybody has a choice. So you can choose to get the vaccine or you can choose not to get the vaccine. There's consequences either way. Um, but I think everybody should be respected regardless of what they, what they decide to do because it is so personal. Um, and there are, you know, obviously people have died with the COVID. People have died with the COVID shot. So... Everybody has their own takes on it. Um, Principal's office. The, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean that's, that's the truth, right? There's, there's no dispute in that. That's the truth. Yeah. So, I mean, um, but when it comes to the construct of your team, obviously rules are rules, and you can either get on or you can get gone. That's pretty much what it comes down to. All right, this special edition of Hanging with the Boys with this awesome crew is just getting started on the other side of the break. <laughs> We're going to call in to Nate Newton out in Oxnard, hey, California. Get your dump button ready because I have some choice <laughs> words for Nate Newton. I do. Stay with us.
Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So, whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to Hanging with the Boys. Dallas Cowboys training camp presented by American Airlines is back in Oxnard, California. Check out all the excitement for free as fans can enjoy daily practices, activities, and more at the River Ridge Fields July 22nd through August 12th. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash training camp for more information and practice times. Welcome back into this very fun edition of Hanging with the Boys. Jesse Holly, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison. I'm Danny Serac. Nate Newton will be joining us any minute out from Oxnard, California. And Mike McCarthy is out at Oxnard for the first time since he didn't get that last year in his first year as head coach with training camp. He said his main goal right now is to just kind of establish that winning culture. And I'm curious to ask you guys, we know McCarthy has won before, so he knows what it takes. What will it take for the Cowboys to reach that goal of, of having that winning culture? Uh, anything here with the Cowboys short of Lombardi, and I've always felt this way. This just goes for any sport for me. You don't win a championship, that season is a failure. Now, there are lessons that are, that are learned in failure. So you, you can still learn in failure. <clears throat> but have you ever gone to training camp saying, you know what, I just want to win eight games this year? No. <laughs> no you, this, this game is too sacrificial. It hurts too much. You spend too much time for the end result not to be championship. You ever seen anybody wear an AFC or NFC championship ring? No. No, me neither. No. And it's funny that you say that. <laughs> I was in New England the year after they went to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Giants. And they got their AFC championship rings. And I've never seen a locker room. Vince Woolfork, Tom, pissed. They're like, get 
please don't. I'll give this to my aunt. Like they were like, <laughs> it was like going to secondary family member. They're like, this doesn't go like literally like, oh yeah, here my dad can have this, my mom can have this. Like because they were so used to winning Super Bowls that that anything less than that wasn't acceptable. Now I know you're gonna say, well, let's win the NFC East and let's win the division. Let's get to the. Those are prereqs. If it ain't Super Bowl for me, it, it's 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 nothing. But those things are prereqs, though, right? So those things that you have to do, right? You have to have a certain winning percentage, right? Give yourself an opportunity to get to the playoffs. All right, playoffs, that's, that's a marker, right? We have to get to the playoffs. That's a goal. Cool. Once you get to the playoffs, guess what? Now we got to go out there and we got to win a game, okay? All right, now we got to win another game. Now, we, it, So these are all different goals that are set along the way. But to your point, if you don't win that last game, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're coming back and you're sitting at the same table and you're like, all right, what do we got to do to get to, you know, get, you know, to get that victory? Because we didn't get it done, right? So whether that conversation comes at the last game or whether you're sitting home, at, at, you know, the last game in the first week of January – you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's all about those rings. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that play this game really well that walked away without rings. And, and that's ultimately all anybody wants. Yeah, when you, when you talk about Mike McCarthy and his first year and COVID and all that, let's, let's just put that, just try and put that behind him. Yeah. And establishing culture was something that he could not do because he didn't have access to his players the same way that he does right now. I think the thing that's going to serve him well is – Look, not having any favorites. Everybody's in here competing. Um, I don't know any of y'all. You know, everybody, I mean, aside from the guys you're paying, yeah. let's not be crazy. Right. Uh, but, but I'm saying on the defensive side, I don't have any favorites. We're all competing. And, and if you're a guy, you're a name, I don't care if you, your, your number's hanging up in the pro shop. If you're not doing it on the field, man, I'm like, I'm like Russell Simmons on Def Comedy Jam. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless. Good night. You know, you got to go. And and those are the things that this team, we have to churn this roster to find the best guys. Because last year, if you look at the names that you brought on, what in the free agency, what did they get you? They got you nothing. A lot of them were cut really early. Hmm. Cut really early. And guys that you thought were a name that did not produce anything. All right. I mean, I don't want to swim in the minutia of this, but come on. It, there was a certain names that you thought that were going <laughs> to the Terry Poe, the list goes on, <laughs> that couldn't stop up a toilet in Dallas, let alone the run. So let's just, just be real about the, what we need as an organization. So, you know, for Mike, he's in his he's in his bag right now. He's in his element. There are no excuses. You got your guys right under your thumb, even with the protocol of, of uh, COVID. Still, you have your hand on your team. And this is what, from everything you guys have talked about, guys being able to be together, have that camaraderie. If that is all true, then they should come out of camp a lot better than they went in, all right? Because those are the that's, those, these are the questions that you got to answer. And no matter how you sit around and you can have all the conjecture in the world, if we were sitting here last year, none of you would have said, man, we're going to have the worst defense in the league. Because <laughs> there's no way to plan for right. the worst defense in the league, all right? So, I mean, I, I feel, like, feel as though all of these things sound well and good, but at the end of this year, it's going to give you a complete evaluation of who Mike McCarthy is as a coach. I think, I think with the hiring of Dan Quinn, I think he's really really um, kind of showing his hand in terms of the culture that he's trying to establish. Yep. Um, last year, I think he had a safe, kind of a safe hire <clears throat> and a defensive coordinator. I think this year he really said, okay, I need to, I need to change this culture, right? So as we're talking about culture, you know, a, a culture of competitiveness, right? I, I spent time, we obviously on a past show, I was talking about my time in Seattle when Dan Quinn was there and, and it's, it's, hey, 
every play, every practice is going down, right? And it's, it's one-on-one, it's team, it's half-line, it's everything, and everything is about competition, everything is high energy. And I think with the hiring Quinn, you're going to see that on one side of the ball. Guess what? You're not just going to see that on one side of the ball. you got doggone Fossil over there running around, running wind sprints in practice, right? So that's two-thirds of the game right there. You think McCarthy and the rest of the crew on the offensive side aren't going to make sure that that's taken care of? This is going to be a very competitive atmosphere and environment, and it's going to, it's going to really um, promote um, guys that want to show up and want to ball out. So how long does culture take to change? It could be instantaneous. It just takes it takes it takes not only the leadership, consistent leadership, right? Um, so when we talk about unwavering leadership, you talk about Fossil. He's he's that way all the time, right? You mm-hmm. see, him, he's always that way, right? So now he has a dog with him in Quinn, who has that same type of energy. Now we know it's not the same energy on the offensive side of the ball uh, with the offensive coordinator, right? He doesn't have that energy. But when you have two thirds of the coaches, right, the leadership there that are pushing and, and promoting that it's going to be contagious right so you're going to see that going through all aspects of from day one i can only imagine day one these boys are going to be out there competing in some regard whether pads on pads off something is going to be competitive every single day and that's how you get that culture started because you don't allow for anything else to creep into your system do you think that they were able to take strides towards that culture last year under McCarthy's first year or no because they didn't have this training camp and everyone being together and they just kind of got right into the season? Yeah. Like, are they starting fresh this year with that? I think you have to, right? I, yeah. I think you really have to, regardless of what his intentions may have been for last year, that stuff got derailed quick, fast, in a hurry, right? <laughs> COVID knocked it off the rails, right? He tried to get that thing back on and then, dude, uh, half the doggone, you know, roster got, got hurt. So it was very difficult. It was, I mean, you know, we were just talking about it in the break. It's, it was almost impossible. I don't care who the coach was. Um, you know, you could bring doggone Lombardi back and it still probably would have been the same result last year, <laughs> right? It was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was a bad situation. Yeah, and he tried and he did everything that he possibly could, but we yeah. talked a lot about culture. We yeah. talked about how he builds it. And you asked a quick, good question, like, how long does that take? You know, we just throw it around so loosely, but is there a timeline on this thing? You know, when someone gets fired, you know, typically he has his guys that he's been drafting and had been a part of that culture. How hard is it to change those guys from that? And I, I just looked at the OTAs and, you know, I, I, I say I preach this to my son that practice makes permanent. And I feel like when you see a team that doesn't practice with tempo, they don't play with tempo. Right. And everything from OTAs was tempo driven. If you've ever and you guys have been a part of a uh, NFL practice so you know it's one everything is timed everything has its purpose mm-hmm. and so seeing these guys get back to that I'm hoping that those are the things that resonates with this team that is transferable to the field and and the reason why I asked the question about how long does it take to change a culture right because you have to a, a lot of guys not all of them but a lot of the guys on this roster come from a different coach yep, a different culture that was instilled in them for a decade, mm-hmm. for 10 years. And, and I know that we are we, we live in this instantaneous world where everything has to happen right now, yesterday, at this moment. And when you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, this, this feeling of 25, 26 years since you've been to a Super Bowl, that becomes more and more of a, a, a pressing thing. And so I asked the question of how long does it take to change a culture? Because if Mike McCarthy doesn't get this team in a position, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, something other than what we've seen in the past, they're going to be standing out here with pitchforks yeah. and <laughs> fires and saying, get them out of here. Yeah. What does that mean? Sure. 
That means that we're going to have to start all over again with a new culture, right? Because now either Dan Quinn, maybe he gets bumped up to head coach, or uh, is Jerry going out to do another search for another head coach? And then now you got to bring a new guy in here. And or do you move Kellen Moore up? You know, there's, there's a lot of different things that can factor into culture change. But it, but it can be instantaneous, right? It can be. So, I mean, so, like, back in the day when you was at the crib and you wanted your friends to come over, right, your friends might come from a totally different culture at their house, right? But when they come over to mama's house, there's certain things that just aren't going to be allowed. Yeah. Right. Right. There, there's, there's, a, there's an expectation and there's a way that you have to move and operate within this house. And guess what? That's the culture that we have. And if you want to be a part of this, that's, that's how you got to move. Yeah, but you're talking about one or two friends. I'm talking about 90 guys. I'm Absolutely. talking about 53 plus guys. Hey, but you, but you right? during the season. I've been to, right? Coach Belichick, how long were you on the roster if you, if you didn't get with the culture? No, quick. Yeah, you weren't on that roster very long. You were out of the quick. I mean, it was. It was well, <laughs> thank y'all for coming out. God well, bless. Good night. The goal, the goal to get to that winning culture starts today. The Cowboys are eight minutes into their first practice of training camp and we have got eyes and ears mm. out from practice out in Oxnard, California with the one, the only, the great Nate Newton. Nate dog. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Y'all guys have oh man, y'all sound so good together. The back the backstabber. The backstabber. The backstabber, the the Judas of the hanging with the boys. The the the, the, the one who will, will will smile on your face and get on the road behind your back. The, 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 you know, the, the one who takes my pain of my dad leaving me long ago and continues to 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 to, to exude this trauma in my life with the way he treats me, Nate Newton. I already got your ticket. It's an open-ended ticket. Just tell me when you want to come out. You got your room. <laughs> so we can stop this wine and get to the back of the Dallas Cowboys. And whoever brought up the culture of the difference between going over to Mama's house, I don't care if it's one or a hundred. You ain't going to go to Mama's exactly. house. Exactly. And if we pray that Mike McCarthy is Mama, exactly. and he ain't going to take no foolishness, man. <laughs> Nate, the first practice is underway. Fans are out there. What What's the atmosphere with all the excitement and just everyone being back out there? Man, they're pumped. We did, uh, me and Shannon Gross, we did a little opening act over there for about 30 minutes right at the gate while fans was waiting. Oh, man, it was two, 300 people just out there waiting. Nice. One guy been out there since like 4 in the morning just waiting, man. Uh, the fans are far away. The media is far away. But everybody's hype, man. Tyron Smith looking good, y'all. I mean, I know he's just standing up, but he's looking good, man. Uh, so it, it's just a good situation to be in. Everybody's hyped as we did uh, state of the address union yesterday with uh, Mr. Jones. Them, this is what they wanted, and this is what is happening. How you doing, Ed? It's a lot of guys out here. Cowboys still bigger than ever, y'all. What have you seen so far? You mentioned Tyron Smith. Does anyone else stood out to you the first couple minutes of what they're doing out there? What? Well, where they let me in, at, it, it cost fat linemen. They let me near the linemen. You know, uh, I haven't had a chance to see Dak, but they're doing team takeoffs right now, going through ropes. So uh, it, you don't see nothing but the guys out here, man. You, you know, injured guys, I'm trying to look and see if there's any injured guys. I don't see any of them guys working right as of now, but they're just moving around, having fun. Everybody's out here full go. I haven't had a chance to uh, take the count because we just finished doing the other, other show, but Everybody's here, seem to be, you know. We got the great Nate Newton live from Oxnard, California. Uh, first day of practice for the Cowboys at training camp. Nate, we're gonna keep it in your wheelhouse. You just said it. You said you said Tyron looked really good, and you get you get the president back. And the the one person that I'm really keeping an eye on is Lyle. 
coming off the hip surgery, and you and I have had multiple conversations, there are certain injuries to the big guys that always worry me, right? Certain back yeah, injuries yeah. and then the hips. What yeah. what are you looking to see from a lineman's perspective? What are you looking to see from a guy like Lyell coming off the hip surgery to, to give you confidence that he's back to the Lyell that we the strong athletic Lyell that we once knew when he can help this offensive line out? When he have to stop and bend, when he have to stop and bend at the waist and punch a guy on pass rush, can he stop and do that and, and move with this guy laterally? Uh, once he stopped and done that. And another thing, I want to see how he take off and hit a guy and see how his leverage is because when you get a bad hip, the first thing you lose is your flexibility and you cannot bend at the waist. If you cannot bend at the waist, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, especially versus the run. You know, you're in trouble. But I want to see how he comes out of his breaks when guys do double moves on him and when they power into him. And when they power right into that hip, when he does he – is he confident, number one, or does he come up out of that rep, you know, kicking out that leg, you know, saying, ooh, ooh that, that didn't feel good. So those are the things I'm looking about with him. How he moves laterally, how is his explosiveness, and can he change direction? And can he do it for this camp? We have the – they are off tomorrow, y'all. So they will be rested. And then they come back Saturday and Sunday, and they off Monday. So – they got, and in the next 12 days, they're going to have two or three off days. So we don't have to worry about whether they're going to get enough rest. Now we're going to have to worry about their conditioning. Mm-hmm. Right now they're doing a lot of running, and I think between drills, during drills, everything is high intense, and they're doing a lot of running right now. But that is going to be the question mark with guys that are coming off injury. Where are their base foundation at for physical fitness? Hey, Nate, Heckman Harrison here, man. I got to ask you, uh, as far as the defensive line, man, you, Quentin Bohannon, uh, Urban, guys like that, what are you looking for uh, out there in practice right now for the defensive line going into the season knowing that they have to be a whole lot better than they were last year? I'm with you. I'm with you. And, I, and, and the whole defense, what we call a players to watch. But I am looking at those two interior guys. I'm looking at the guy you just mentioned. We need for the tackles, the D tackles, and the three techniques to be dominant. We need for Trishan Hill, depending on how they're going to do him, or Pop, or uh, he's not may not start the season. We're looking for Gallimore to do great things. The guy that you mentioned earlier, I can't think of his name. We're looking for him to do great. Things. We need for our inside guys to be dominant. If our inside guys can make an impact, then I know Gregory can play. We know D Law can play. We know that we can put. Jalen in a rush mode, and he's going to be all right. Uh, that, that's what we're looking for, man. That's what can, – can uh, Bradley or Nate, can he do something this year? we got a lot of young guys out here. we got a lot of uh, talent out here. But can they drive it in the right way? And another thing I'm looking at, fellas, and I know y'all asked about it, what defense are we going to really run? Mm-hmm. Is we going to be truly a 4-3 defense? Or is it going to be a lot of hybrid stuff like it was last year? What, are, what defense are we going to run? Where do these guys sit in that? And how quick can we get the young guys acclimated to how the pro game is played? What's up, Nate? Nate, dog. What's up, man? It's your boy Isaiah. Hey, man. How you doing, Isaiah? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Great. Good, good. Hey, as a former old lineman, as you step up into camp right now, who are the four defensive linemen that you do not want to line up against if you had to go out there and line up right now? So my in our guys. Yep. Uh, I probably fear D. Law. 
and Gregory. D-Law because he's just a great technician. Gregory because he's a great athlete. The other guys, man, I hate to tell you, boy, if I, it was a young Nate Newton. Bro, don't <laughs> <be honest. laughs> the old Nate Newton, I don't want to line up against none of them. The Nate Newton now, I don't want none of these guys. The old Nate Newton, I, I do not fear what, it, what I have not seen to do nothing. <laughs> All right. Nate, we saw last year center Tyler Biotish kind of start to, to get some starts and get some more experience, and he missed a game or two with a hamstring injury. But now he's he's the guy at center. What are you expecting to see from him in training camp? See, some guys come with a reputation. Like, you know, the, the North Carolina guys rejected him. They come with a reputation for a great basketball player. Wisconsin guys come with a reputation. They're gritty. They're tough. And more importantly, they're smart. It ain't much, many things that the NFL going to show him that's totally different, no more than the quickness and size of players. You know, so he should be able to get in, call the defenses, line the offensive line up right, know the strength through the weaknesses, and make adjustments to, to that point. And the rest of it is just going to be how tough, how physically tough he want to be. We know he's going to be mentally tough, but how physically tough can he be? And does he have the technique to sustain through the season? Well, we, we know that the big money guy out there, number four, Dak Prescott, he, he finally got his contract. We got all that stuff behind him. He's coming off the ankle injury. What do we have to see from Dak Prescott to give us the confidence that he's back? You know, we, we've seen some things in OTAs. He wasn't allowed to do live team stuff, uh, you know, rolling out, some stuff like that. We were kind of like, eh. what, what do you want to see during training camp that will give you the confidence that, you know what, four is back. He's ready to go. He's revved up. The ankle is fine. And he's able to go out there and win some uh, some football games. You know what, Jesse? The, the only way we're going to know is when he gets tackled. And I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know Dak is mentally ready, bro. You know he's mentally ready. But it's all, it always comes big to when a guy rolls close to that ankle. Or when, he could, <clears throat> or when he's throwing a ball and somebody hit him down low and he has to get up and throw the next pass. When I see that next pass, if, if that happens, which I hope it don't during training camp, and then I want to see how he reacts the rest of the practice after that scare. you know. And I hope it's only a scare if that happens. And I hate to even speak that way. Yeah. Speak, speaking on number four, uh, Big Nate, how long should yes, we – what's, what's a realistic expectation in terms of timeline for us to see the continuity of the offensive line come back to ensure the safety of big number four? Oh, man, by the second game. Second or third game, man. These guys should be ready. I mean, you, you, if they still do the third game deal where they play three quarters, then you had that off week, and then you go into the first game, and everybody gets a chance to beat up on everybody. Then that second or third game, you should see these guys ready because they are not uh, rookies. They are not first, second, and third year guys. They are guys that have been in the league five, six, seven years and some more. So it should make take two or three games, you know. If no one gets injured and they stay together, it should take no more than two or three games, man, to get this thing going, man. This is a Zeke year. This is a Zeke Here year, Here you bro. go. Here you go. No, I'm just saying. I, no, 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 no. Here you go with this again, man. You, this you is, what, this Jeff, is I, can't, I can't be your daddy and your analyst. You know what? Be, be, be our analyst. This, the, you're going to load up on Zeke again this year, but, but you and I will talk about that at a later date. Yes, sir. We will. Thank you. <laughs> Nate, uh, since so many of these offensive linemen are coming off of injuries and surgeries, 
Do you expect them to play a little more than maybe normal in preseason games or this Hall of no, Fame ma'am. game? No. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You do what you do. You do what you do. Lyle has to get a few more reps in practice. Uh, he has to test himself. The coaches have to push him to a certain limit. You know, he gets that preseason game. He may play a half. He may play three quarters. Or he may play less. But when the game starts, they should have him ready. Jim Meyer. And what's our other boy, Jesse? Uh, the, uh, Brit Brown. Brown. Cougar, Brit, Brit, Brown. <laughs> Brit Brown. These guys will get them right. Yeah. These are the best in the business. They will have him right. Yeah, well, hey, Nate, I got I to gotta ask you about Zeke because I feel like he is so pivotal to the success of the Cowboys. Now, he came back into camp halter top, Zeke. Now, let me ask you, Nate, if, we, if they had any Instagram or social media out back when you were playing and you had a down year, would you have slimmed down like that, Nate? Oh, yeah, I, I've done that several years, man. Every now and then, I just come back to the Cowboys now, just slim down, just let people know I'm talking. <laughs> That's all Zeke doing. That's all. That's all. That's all Z doing. Let the world let the world know, Jesse, that we can do it. That's all. <laughs> so Ty, you gotta remind people who they messing with, Nate. That's right. Every now and then Jesse takes his shirt shirt off in front of us. Hey, you, gotta- <laughs> you know, and he'll 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 make a chest or he'll he'll do his little biceps. You know, every yeah. now and then you gotta let people know you still out. <laughs> and that's what Zeke doing this year, huh? He let he letting yes. folks know that he's back. Look at here, bro. When he started averaging around by five point two yards a carry, we'll talk about that later. Five point two. Yeah. 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 Any more questions? I I got a practice. I got to attend, y'all. So no. I can give y'all more information tomorrow. Is it okay? Hey, That's we right. appreciate that, Nate. Thanks for calling in and and, <laughs> and giving us the four one one. We appreciate it. Have fun out there. Stay away All from right, that. God, stay God, away God, from that border, God, man. I'll send the pacify through FedEx. Thank bye bye. I'll send the pacify FedEx. <laughs> Nate Noon out from Oxnard, California. Oh, man, that's so great. Hey, and, and Zeke's birthday. Happy birthday to It Zeke. is. 26. I, d- I doubt he's listening right now. You know, he probably doesn't have, you know, AirPods in or, you know, Bose headphones in out on the go. practice yeah. field. But uh, happy Mama Elliot might be listening, though. Mama D yes. might be listening. Yeah, she well, pushed him out. Happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to Zeke. <laughs> happy birthday to Zeke. Okay. Her big boy. We're going to take our last break here on Hanging with the Boys, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the offense as the Cowboys are now underway with their first practice of training camp. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, 
Book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Back to hanging with the boys. Don't miss your chance to register for the last summer session of Dallas Cowboys football and Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders youth camps at the Star in Frisco July 29th through the 31st. The three-day camp is available to athletes and dancers of all skill levels. Spots are limited. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Did you hear that, Jesse? All skill levels mm. are accepted if you're interested. Gotcha. <laughs> Welcome back in. You're hanging <laughs> with the boy. Just in case. Like next, huh? <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. You hear that, that. Jesse? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Welcome back listen. into a special edition of Hanging with the Boys. Listen, we just heard got to do what you got to do. <laughs> we just heard from Nate Noon out at practice out at Oxnard and he had some good things to say. We talked about Dak Prescott a little who's a full go now. He didn't participate in any of those team drills any point leading up to this point in the offseason, but Mike McCarthy said he will be full go, which is great news. There is one position group offensively that we haven't really touched on that I want to talk to you guys about because Blake Jarwin is also back. Mm -hmm. The ACL injury in week one, he's back. He was not put on the pup list today with a few other players, which means he's already full go. However, Dalton Schultz had a phenomenal breakout year last year. So now the Cowboys are going to have to figure out, are you still going to stick with Blake Jarwin as your number one tight end? Or should they start doing some more 12 personnel stuff? What? (gasps) What? Twelve shared a wealth. What is it? Nineteen ninety six. No twelve personnel happening, Danny. This is we're talking about eleven, ten personnel, and God bless Dalton Schultz. He got a chance to get out there and play last year. Step to the side, little buddy. The big daddy's back. Blake will Blake will resume his natural position as a starting tight end. Um, I think you get more athleticism with him. I think you get better route running with him. I think you get more big play potential with Blake Jarwin uh, in than you do with Dalton, with Dalton Schultz. And when you look at where this offense is going to be going in the future, it ain't going to be 12 personnel, Danny Sarek. It's going to be 11 personnel, 10 personnel, 01 oh, personnel, yes. where you're saying, you know what, pick your poison because I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a spread you wide and I'm going to cut you up, whether it's going to be Gallup on the outside on the number three cornerback, CeeDee Lamb on a linebacker or a safety or the two cornerback. Amari Cooper just – we don't give enough Amari Cooper enough love. He just goes out there and just puts in just, – just work. He, I mean, one of the best route runners that we have in this league. You're going to get a little bit of Zeke. You're going to get a lot of Zeke. You're gonna get a little bit of Tony Pollard coming out of the backfield, and then you're gonna add Blake Jarwin to the mix. It's it's for for this team offensively, it's going to be spread you out and pick your poison because you're just gonna have open dudes running around this field all over the place. Yeah, it's too much. It's too it's too much. Um, I don't disagree that we will see some twelve. Right? I don't think that we're gonna see a whole lot of it. Um, but I, on goal line. 
<laughs> yeah, in red zone. Yeah, he's <laughs> a red zone. Uh, I mean, but but to, you know, to Jesse's point, the reality is we got three dogs out there, and then you add Jarwin in there; he's a fourth dog. Um, they gave him the money for a reason. It's unfortunate that he got hurt last year. Um, but when you think about what that offense presents itself as, when you have Jarwin who can detach, right, or you just keep his hand in the ground, right. But if you were to detach Jarwin, right, you can go two by two set, right, where you got dog on Coop, Jarwin, freaking Gallup, and CD. That's a problem. Oh, and by the way, there's a dude, number 21, in the backfield, too. So it presents some real problems. Um, it's going to be scary, but all the versatility in the world, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, look, golly. Because I disagree. You like, you like 12 personnel? <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what I'm saying is, I think with, with in the tight end scenario. Like 12 personnel? No, no. no. Like, yeah, <laughs> the, the tight end right. scenario, I just felt like Dalton Schultz showed you that he had something. You know, I thought that you could build on that because he also is a pretty decent pass uh, run blocker. I, and I think those were some of the things that you questioned about Jarwin and his ability to block. If you're going to get the most out of 21, you're going to need a tight end that can do that. And you can't have any packages where you take him out when it's a running down. You can't disguise that. So if you're talking about fantasy, throwing it all around, and you know, I know a lot has been made about the 3,000-yard receivers, but if your defense – let's not even do that. If <laughs> no, not going to go there. What I'm saying is you have to have that balance in your running game as well. And a guy like Edron James, and I bring him up because when you talk about the 3,000-yard receiver scenario, when you look at the teams that have done that, the five teams that have done that, Edron James was on two of those teams. And I think what makes him, Edron James, dynamic is his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. Yes. And I think that's what Zeke brings to the table as well. So. If you, if you look at that, you have to understand that you're going to have to be able to disguise a lot of that. And if you're just spreading people out and saying, hey, we're going to turn around and hand him the ball, you're not putting him in an advantage yeah. either with your scheme. No, I, I, I agree on both ends, right? I agree on both ends. That's why I said I'm a fan of 12 personnel, just because of the versatility. And we've talked about that on, on episodes of Hit Sticks, where you can go out there and you can line up with Doug on Coop, and you can line up on the other end, whether you want to put Gallup on the outside or you want to throw CD on the outside, and then you have Schultz, and then you have Jarwin in there, and then you obviously have Zeke in the backfield. The versatility and the options that you have to where you can go alert, alert, and they don't know what direction you're going, right, gives you all the, all the security in the world. Now, Schultz showed up and showed his butt last year. Yeah, he yeah. was a high-effort guy when it came to blocking. I'm not going to say that he was successful, right? I wouldn't say that he was successful no. at blocking, but he was a high-effort guy, and he definitely got better. And I think he, he blew out everybody's expectations for him when he got thrown in that situation. But the reality is when it comes down to your premier down tight end, he's 15 pounds lighter than Jarwin. He's slower than Jarwin. He's he's less shifty than Jarwin. And he has a lesser check. So the reality is Jarwin's going to be on the field, right? Schultz will be a, a heck of a a heck of an asset to add to him if you want to go into a wing set, if you want to go by a three by one, if you want to go into a two by two, it's going to be awesome. But he's not he's not the guy. And I, I agree. I'm sorry. I agree. No, no, no. I agree with that. And and I and I think that's why the tight end position is so pivotal when it comes down to Dak and his injury. I think your first yeah, read is uh, your first read is right there in front of you, middle of the field. Mm-hmm. That's where he's going to be looking. Uh, and so if we're we're looking for him to get the cobwebs out because he's going to be there. He's 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 missed a year, uh, half a year of football, and so you got to look for him to to be comfortable in his passing sets with his tight end, and so he's he's comfortable with y'all. I, I think when you talk about the blocking scheme and you talk about all those different type of things, well, one you can still go the opposite way, right? Mm-hmm. So if he lines up on the right, you can send the guys mm-hmm. to the left. That's not that's not a, that's not a hard part to do. But what you also fail to realize is is that when you have the more athletic guy on the field, 
Now I dictate what the defense does. Mm-hmm. Now you can't have that big lug on the defense side of the ball. You got to bring in nickel. You got to bring in dime. You got to bring in some specialty player because he's too fast for a linebacker he's and he's big. too big for yeah, a, a nickel or a dime or a safety. Mm-hmm. So now what I'm doing is when I spread these guys out, I bring in guys who make business decisions about tackling. And so that's where the point where I'm saying I'm gonna I'm gonna take my chances with 21 in the backfield and some guy with the number 30 or 20 or single digit or whatever you some, want now whatever number yeah whatever number you want now I'm, I'm gonna take my chance with them trying to tackle him over and over and over yeah. again and again if you're if you're going if you're gonna give me crop top Zeke then the guy out there number 20 shouldn't tackle you if you're no. gonna give me crop top Zeke if you're you gonna show me boss. that this is the new and improved Zeke or you you going back to where you right. was when you first got here then the guy from the secondary shouldn't be able to tackle you. When you start bringing in those bigger guys, now you bring in guys with the 50s and the 40s on they their numbers, and they are willing to tackle. They they want to get in there and they want to muck it up a little bit. I, I like the idea of spreading these guys out and now having these other guys have to come up on a consistent basis and have to put their shoulder up against 21. I like my chances with 21 in that situation all day long. And now you get that when you have Blake Jarwin in there because even to your point, if that's going to be Dak's primary read over the middle, short, getting the ball out quick, well, I want the guy who does a little bit better than the other guy. I want a guy who does it quicker, more athletically, who can body you up. And once he catches it, we've seen it time and time again before. Remember, we had this other guy that we had here a long time ago. He wore number 82. He'll be Hall of Famer. We'll get it. But it was like, you catch it at six yards, it's a six-yard game. (laughs) This guy can catch it at six, and it'd be a 26-yard game. I want that guy on the field as much as I possibly can because he's going to bring more dividends and and more success to my offense than the other guy. Yeah, and and he he showed you, he sh- and I believe with you know Jarwin went down the first game, mm-hmm. all right, and, and Schultz had to do it for the rest, yeah. and he showed you that he has that versatility to do it. I'm not saying obviously, like you said, the paycheck is, is different, the draft order is different, all of those things, and so you realize the talent. All I'm saying is the guy that you consider to be at the beginning of the season last year as 1C, mm-hmm. maybe, he's a 1B, one B, yeah, right? So I'm just saying, I don't want to just relegate this guy to no, the you're, dumpster. You're I just a, think he has he has. You a, are elated that you have him on your roster at this point. Yeah, absolutely. With that with that year of experience. He would have never got him. I don't want to call him 1B, I want to call him 2. Okay. Okay. Right. Don't just no 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 don't just don't just give me the uh okay don't no, let's no, give you the two hey, you wanted two let's give two that didn't whatever work for you let's give him two Jesse come on one yeah tab eight that didn't work not me with all right bro I want to fight I want to argue they are not on the same line they're not in the same dog atmosphere all right as long as we've seen a depth chart you don't see one A and one B on the depth chart you see one and then you see two. He's two. Well, we got two people that just went to space. One person went here. Other person went 10 miles further. So they both went to space, but one person is, All right, is up but there. Just one saying. was one, one was two. You know, <laughs> one guy will play a lot of special teams. The other one won't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I can already tell that the Hanging with the Boys podcast from here during training camp is just going to be a joy every week. Tight ends is one of the many positions we're going to keep our eye out for position battles throughout training camp. The first practice is underway from Oxnard, California. Be sure to stay tuned to DallasCowboys.com for all of your updates there. For Jesse Hawley, Isaiah Stanbeck, Heckma Harrison, I'm Danny Strag. Thanks for tuning in to Hanging with the Boys. We'll catch y'all next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!